Hola, y'all already know what it is. Your boy, Yako, what it do? The outlet to reality, the whole this podcast in Vegas and Chicago. What up? This is the place where you want to hide from your drama or maybe hide from your baby mama. Aha, just kidding. But anyways, fans, today we have a very special guest and I had to bring her back. She's a social worker, a professor, an author, and also like a second mom to me. Give it up for Maribel Lopez. How you doing? <laughs> How you doing, baby? <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm so happy you're back because uh, a real quick story for those who don't know, uh, Maribel used to give me rides to uh, my school all the time. And uh, we used to have our, we call it our deep talks because anything she was going through and I was going through something, we both got to share it. So that was a beautiful thing. And um, I remember one time I had this girl I was, you know, getting to know and um I told Maribel, look, this is a problem. She's like, what happened? I'm like, look, she got a car. I don't have a car. She got a job. I ain't got no job. <laughs> I said, I don't know if this is going to work. And first thing Maribel told me is like, look, you got to be a gentleman still. I said, okay, all right. First thing. And you're like this. You want to know the secret for a healthy relationship, I said, all right, give it to me because I, I don't have time reading. You know, I, I need I need you to spill the beans. You're like, <laughs> if they love you, respect you, and love, respect. I'm missing one more. I had it. Love, respect. Dang, this is sad. I should know the last one. Dang, I don't remember. This is so sad. I just had it. I don't remember. <laughs> It'll probably come back. But she said one of the three main keys, right? Serve. There you go. Love, serve, and protect. You have those are the main three things that a woman and a man or whatever the relationship should do. I was like, okay, cool, cool. So here's the thing. She's like, all right. So I'm gonna tell you something, David. When you go on this date, don't make her pick you up. Meet her at the restaurant. I said, why? <laughs> I'm going to get that free ride. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when you're like, look, it just doesn't look good. It just looks like you're using her. You don't want to look like a guy who, um, it, it just doesn't look like a gentleman. You got to be the gentleman. So show up there and watch the magic happens. So I get there, right? I'm, I'm a little nervous. You know, I'm, I'm like, snap, this is a real date. And <laughs> I get there and she shows up. And she's wondering, maybe I came in with a car too, you know? And after the date, you know, I'm making her laugh. We're getting really close. And the crazy thing is, at the end, she gave me a ride to my place. And I felt special. So, Because this time, it wasn't like I said, hey, I'm going to get a ride. I was literally walking away, you know, saying goodbye. And she's like, where's your car? I said, I ain't got no car. I'm beyond. I was going to take the bus. You know what I'm saying? I was going to take the bus. <laughs> and at that time, if you were a full-time student, you had a U-Pass where you could take the bus anywhere. So I, I was walking, and she goes, don't worry, I'll give you a ride. You're close to my house. And she gave me a ride. And I like that because we had, like, a special time to talk a little bit more. And I think we got closer. And uh, I'm going to be honest, Maribel, a lot of things that – or people that I've dated – I feel like you kind of gave me a lot of preparation because even even there's another girl too I dated who was studying women's gender studies and the first reaction you went, woo, <laughs> David, I don't know if you can handle her. I said, why? Because she independent. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She don't need no man. And I was like, dang, I was like, for real? Yeah, David, I don't know how to break it down, but she don't need nobody. So if you're willing to take the challenge, uh, my friend, the door is open. <laughs> and, I was, and you were so right, because when I dated her, I realized this girl did not need no man. She was very <laughs> independent. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but yeah, um, I just had to share that. But uh, like, again, guys, I want to let you know, uh, this is a very special guest for me and for y'all, too. And the main topic of today is how to forget or move on, not forget, move on on someone that you loved that passed away, whether it's a family member or someone that you love. So, Maribel, what about you? Any experience you could think of that you could remember 
a time that happened to you? Yes, yes, yes. Um, I've lost a few people in my life, but um, thank you. Thank you, David, uh, for having me here. And uh, by the way, I'm not no expert on relationship, <laughs> on relationships. Uh, I probably was sharing some wisdom with you out of, out of own personal experiences. Uh, but um, yeah, I've lost a few people in my life. Uh, and one in particular, uh, really, really, I got really, what's the word? It just really knocked the wind off my feet. Um, lack of a better term, I, I really got depressed for a while. Um, that person meant a lot to me on so many levels. It was not romantic uh, per se, but it was, it was, we were so close. Um, we were emotionally close. We shared, there was a lot of things in common of like likes and interests and, and what we did. Music was one thing that connected us. Um, and we were both very mindful, like to be friends, you know, we were friends and, um, yeah, you know, he would say one day you're my wife, one day I'm going to marry you, I'm going to marry my wife, you know, and so making you feel that special, you know, uh, one day we're going to get married, one day we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Um, uh, but it was just that connection that we had. It was just a very, um, it was very, it was a very special uh, uh, relationship and a very special person for me. I didn't have a relationship um, like that prior to that one. And so, um, uh, yeah, it, it, it really knocked the wind off my feet. One, one of my daughters, she's like, Mom, I've never seen you so sad. I've never seen you so sad. Are you going to be okay? And I said, I'm going to be okay. Well, one day at a time. You asked a very good question. You said, you said how do you move on? after you lose somebody, right? Um, that means so much to you. How do you move on? And for me, I allowed myself to grieve. Everybody's like, oh, you'll get over it. It's okay. Death is part of life. Circle of life. You know, you'll be fine. You know, move forward. Uh, it, 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 no. We need to validate First of all, accept someone's gone. Someone you really love is gone. You're not going to spend time with that person anymore. You're not going to talk to that person anymore. You're not going to be with that person anymore, at least physically, right? Yeah. Um, we have to accept that. I mean, recognize that. Some people, are, some people don't get to acceptance until years later. Did you know that? Like, it happened, and then you fall into the shock, and then you don't accept it quite right away you know you don't accept it right away um but for me and the most important thing and if i can share this and if anyone just take anything from tonight and from this talk about how to move on from losing a loved one is allow yourself to grieve i cried it i cried it i i i allowed myself to stay in that funk i was in the funk for a while i was literally locked up in my bedroom for a while i did come out to eat I ate, you know, my daughter to make sure I ate, we ate, you know, I did, you know, I was moving, I was living, I was existing. Um, but I was in a lot of pain, you know, my heart, I was in a lot of pain emotionally. Um, and so I practiced self-care in that I allowed myself to grieve. I allowed myself, this is where I am. This is how I feel. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay here for a little bit. And that's okay. I don't have to get up right away, you know, and, and start acting as if nothing happened because the reality is that something did happen. You know, I, I lost a loved one. So you, something did happen and that's, and it doesn't feel good. And I'm not going to sit here and act like it's going to be all right. It's gonna, fine. It's going to be all right. But at this moment, this is how I'm feeling. This is what's happening. This is what I'm gonna do at this moment. I'm gonna cry and I'm gonna miss this person. And for the, for the longest, I, 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 you know, I revisited the pictures, revisited videos, revisited our music that we love together, revisited, 
And I just stood there for a while in that moment. And, uh, and you know what? And I grieved. And when I was done with grieving, then I was done with grieving. It's okay. I moved on um, easily uh, in that sense. Easily because I, I validated that feeling. I validated what happened. I validated that moment. So I was okay with moving on. Wow. Do you get what I'm saying? If I wouldn't have value that moment, if I wouldn't have just grieved and be in that moment, then how can you move on? Yeah. I think I still be stuck. Damn. So I had to allow myself to, to, um, to grieve and to cry and accept that. That's what happened. And, you know, a lot of things were associated with that. A lot of things were associated with the grieving process. In the manner, it has a lot also to do, um, David, in the manner that the person passes away too. Was it abruptly? What happened? Yeah. You know, it's, I, I think, it, I mean, I don't want to speak for the entire world society, but when you know someone's going to die, you to some extent, to some extent, prepare for it, but you still hurt and you still, you know, you still didn't want this to happen. You still have like a linger of hope, you know, like maybe, maybe, maybe a miracle is going to happen with, with this person. And, you know, this cancer is going, they're going to be cancer free. We're going to be cancer or, you know, and you have that hope. But then when somebody just out of the blue, you know, just go dies or it's murdered or whatever happened to that person or dies and it's out of the blue, you weren't expecting it. Then there's a different type of, accepting and processing at that moment, you know, because it's sort of like a shock, you know, you're in shock. That happened and you're like, what? You're in the disbelief stage, you know? Yeah. So I guess that has a lot to do with it too. Wow. I, I was going to say too, like uh, the person speaking of, you know, one of the f last things, well, when I first um, heard about you, I ain't gonna lie. He, he told me so many great things about you and he said that I want you to meet three special people. That's what he told me. And I want you to get close to them and get to get to who you're talking about. And we went, to, I, he took me to a church get together where you were attending. He's like, I want you, I want you to meet them. I said, okay, okay. I said, I get there. He said, but you gotta look fresh. You can't be coming in pajamas because you know what I'm saying? They're gonna think you just woke up. <laughs> so I, I make sure I look fresh that day. Like I was, you know, comb my hair, you know what I'm saying? So I get there and I meet. You're not gonna believe it. I met you. I was like, man, she's very beautiful. Aww. And then I I met Susie and Claudibel. So I was like, what? And I was like, man, they're all sisters. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, man, I'm already sweating. But I was like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, you should have worn me extra. You know what I'm saying? I should have worn a different shirt. But, uh, <laughs> and it was amazing because I got to, you know, talk to you guys for a bit. And right away, I already felt positive energy when I first met you guys. And I was like, man, I I'm, I'm really happy I got to meet new people. And, and crazy because I never forgot what he told me. He's like, man, I, I want you to pay attention what they have to say. They're very smart people, but I want you to get to know them and, and, and learn, right? And it's crazy because when he passed away, Gladybell, I'm Maribel, Maribel, I'm thinking about your daughter. I don't, I don't know how she popped up in my head. I felt like we got closer, you and I, and with your daughters, because yeah. it's it's just weird how life happens, right? You just at, at first, you know, I'll, I'll see you, hey, I, I, but uh, you know what I'm saying. But after that, I feel like we really, really got close to the point where I know he's up there in heaven somewhere, and he's looking at us, and he's happy that I took his advice. And yeah, and I think you're right. I I think, and I think one of the reasons I think we got close is because we had something in common and it was that pain. Yeah. We had that pain in common and he loved you very much. He loved you. I try not to cry. <laughs> he loved you very much. In the same way he said that to you, he said that to me about you. Um, and and I think 
you and I both then know what he was feeling about each other, about us. Right. And like, you know what he was feeling about me and I know how, what he was feeling about you. And I think that's, that's the bond then that got, got you and I, got us closer. The pain that you and I shared that others may not understand because, because they don't have that bond with the same person like you and I had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he loved you very, very much. He loved you very much. You were like a little brother to him, like a son to him. He, he, he talked about you often, and that he 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 wanted you to succeed and be amazing in life. And he knew you; you had it in you. Um, the Almighty made you, and so you were you were made for success, and you were made for the best. So yeah. I think that's why you and I got closer because we share that pain. Yeah. Like we share the pain and we knew that person and we knew the the sentiment of that person for both you and I. It yeah. is, isn't it amazing how, and you probably know this because you know, you, you do social work that people that go through the same pain or struggle uh, gravitate right to that person. Yes. And this is why uh, group therapy is so successful. Um, I have every heart of support groups and group therapy. Yeah. That is, it is so, so successful because you have find someone um, that can relate to your pain, to what you're going through, through your, to your experiences. And this is, that is why group therapy and, group, and support groups are so successful. Al-Anon. Right, uh, which is a, an, uh, a support group for individuals with people who suffer some type of substance abuse, or AA meetings, and is another example. Um, it's people that can understand each other because of what the struggles they face are similar, can relate to one another, so they can support one another. One person, you can't say to someone, "I understand what you're going through," unless you walk the mile in their shoe. You follow me? Yeah. And so in support groups and in in, in um in group in therapy, that's what happens. The uh, the one person know what the other person is uh, to some extent feeling or went through or it's going through. Wow. No, it's it's amazing. I that's that's mind blowing because it, it's true. Like w- when you get with people that understand you, you feel more comfortable to share something that's personal. That you can't share to everyone, right? Especially if they right. don't know the person, right? It, they just right. Um, you can and you do, um, because the idea also in support groups is not only um, for self um, healing no. and, and, and self recovery, but it's also then to impart that to the next person as well. Wow. And what about like? Have you ever felt? Not 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 on him, but like somebody else. Where if they pass away, did you ever feel like, um, like man, I wish I could have said something to that person that, um, like man, I, if I had the chance to go back, I would have said something because it's too late, right? Do you ever felt like somebody from the past that you could remember that you you wish you could have said something that? could probably like because i i know it doesn't leave the brain the brain is still there but you know what i'm saying it don't leave but do you ever felt that like any regrets uh no now not not with this specific person or or anyone i've lost no i i didn't feel that i know a lot of people may have felt that but i said everything i had to say I'm very, I think you know me right now, David, I'm very vocal. I speak my mind. <laughs> if I love you, you're going to know it. If, I, if, I, if, I, if I'm mad at you, you're going to know it too. Yeah, yeah, I feel um, it. You <laughs> see? <laughs> so I, I nah, not, not with with him or in, or in that sense or anybody that I've lost that I felt like I, I could fight. But if there was one more thing I can say yeah. to that, to 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 the person I lost or if there was one more thing I can say. It's 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 always an I love you. Um it's always and there's you know there's help. There's hope. Uh 
it's always um you can do this you know it will be something positive it will be something uplifting and empowering to the other person um but in this case i, I said everything i had to say and as a matter of fact when when uh he passed we were not communicating as much anymore <laughs> we had um decided that we were um gonna end that relationship uh uh, for the time being, because there was a lot going on. And so um, we had like a last talk. And periodically, we would say, hey, how are you doing? And, you know, but we had closed it, um, you know, to some extent. Uh, so I, I felt I, I said everything I had to say to him. But yet still, I felt like he left abruptly, you know. I felt like he passed away abruptly. Um, I was not expecting it. I thought I was going to see him again in a few months and we were going to go probably drink coffee or eat beloved Chinese food to go eat Chinese food or something. <laughs> oh, man. Or watch or a movie. Sing. Or watch a movie or sing. Or sing because that's what we had in common music. So he would play and I would sing. Um, yeah, but at right, right at that moment, we were not really on, like we weren't, we weren't talking terms so much. We had taken a break so wow it's very interesting because like um yeah like he he moved a lot of people believe it or not yes. of, you know you guys were like one of the best collab if i could vote who was the best collab of the year for music <laughs> I, i'll vote for y'all and be like hey y'all should give the award to maribel and my boy you know and you know what I'm saying? Because you guys had that. He had the piano, yeah, you know, and the bass, and then you had the singing, you know, you be hitting those notes. Let me let me tell you something, David. Yeah. Um if you ask me what's something that you really, really miss uh with him, yeah, was that chemistry we had with music. Wow. When um I don't know if you know how we met. No, you never told how, me. Well, how we met was <laughs> how we met was is that I was leading uh, the music ministry at church, and uh, we needed um, we needed a pianist. But for that day, that the church building is a historical landmark, and so the pastor wanted to. Um, oh well, the the city they were having a tour of the landmark of the historic. Yeah. You know, the, the city wanted to do that. And so the pastor asked me, hey, um, I have somebody that can play the piano. It would be nice when people come in to see the building, you know, yeah. to appreciate the, the structure of the building, that they hear uh, some worship, worship songs, music, live music. It would be nice if you're singing and then people come through rain and say, okay, well, what did you get? So he, he got him and I had not met him or even spoken to him on the phone. We didn't get a chance to. Wow. Well, I think we tried to connect, but we didn't get a chance to, right? <laughs> this is funny and amazing, too. This is funny and amazing. Um, if any of you of, you, of your viewers that watch this podcast, Believe in God, they'll know what I'm talking about right about in a second. And so I get to the church. We, we, uh, we schedule the time. I get to the church, and he gets there, too. The the visitors weren't supposed to come until like maybe 30 more minutes or an hour later. So I walk up to the pulpit, you know, I'm waiting for him. He gets there, he sits in the piano, you know, and he's getting, he's warming up, right? Whatever. And I'm like, hey, how you doing? How you doing? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And all of a sudden, people start walking in. And we're not singing yet. We just met, right? Yeah. And so, and I look at him and I go, what are we going to, we didn't warm up. I didn't warm up. I didn't, I looked at him and I said, what are we going to sing? What are we going to sing? What do yeah. he, he goes, he goes, I got this. I got this. Right. And, and I go, okay. I hope I know it. Right. And all of a sudden he starts playing. He starts playing. This hymn. And it so happened to be my favorite hymn, wow. which happened to be his favorite hymn which was How Great Thou Art. I, he don't know my key. I mean, we didn't even practice. <laughs> I'm like thinking, David, 
I have never felt that with anyone. Like playing a song for me, like playing music for me, like never with anyone. I start praising the Lord. We start, and we just had a moment. How many people walked in or out the church? We never saw because I was just praising God, and He was praising God with the piano, and that was it. And we, and I was just, and and we looked at each other and we're like, after after we were done and whatever, oh, nice to meet you, nice to meet you. I'm like, oh my God, you play my favorite hymn, and He said. That's my dream. And I'm like, wow. And I've never had that experience. And then anytime we were together, anytime he played, no mishaps. No, we had no problem. We never had any issues. I don't know how much you know about musicians sometimes with singers and musicians. There are a lot of issues sometimes. Right, <laughs> and then, right. And then the, music, the, the, the musician wants to do something, the singer wants to do another thing, and then it's fighting. No, it's not that key. It's this key. Right. We never had that. Wow. He actually, he's in, I have, um, I recorded a CD, very humble, simple CD, very humble, covers, I did some covers. <laughs> and he actually played the bass, um, the bass in, in the song, in that CD dedicated to him. Wow. But let me tell you, we never had any issues with, as a matter of fact, I was nervous sometimes to sing a song or, you know, interpret a song. And he's like, what are you worry about? Hold on, watch, watch, I got you. And he would be like playing and I would sing and I've never, I've never, it's never been so perfect. Wow. So that's, I miss that tremendously. I miss that tremendously. And sometimes I, it brings tears to my eyes if I'm going to go, but someone's going to play for me or, you know, then I, you know, I'm like, pardon me, says, I wish she was here. Um, wow, that's, that's beautiful. I, I did not know that how you guys met. It's the most beautiful story I've ever heard. A movie should make this. <laughs> like, honestly, you know, hey, guys, coming soon near you. You know what I'm saying? But, but you know what? I got a story I want to share with you about him. So one day he took me, he's like, David, I'm going to make you work today. I was like, man, bro, this is my day off. I ain't trying to work. He's like, bro, you're going to go. We're going to meet this guy. His name is Pastor Arturo, you know, the one at that church. He said, you're going to love him. Just, you know, follow me. We got to help him out. I said, okay. I've never met the pastor. And the pastor, uh, he only spoke Spanish. So for those who don't understand, I'm going to translate from my English speakers. But uh, he was like, I said, look, man, I, I like to do, you know, me gusta hacer kung fu. He said, you know why you do kung fu? I said, nah, not really. He said, porque vos está confundido. I see. Me. <laughs> so he told me, and I started laughing. So, That's, like, him. That's him. That's him, right? That's so, him. <laughs> so for my English speakers, what, what the pastor was asking me is like, what do you like to do in your free time? And I was like, oh, I like kung fu. And I, he asked me, well, why do you do? And I said, I don't know. He said, because you're confused. But in Spanish, it sounds better because, you know, it goes with the word. But then we just translate. But I, I love that. And I was painting his fans. And I'll never forget that because I felt good uh, making a difference in, you know, someone's life and doing this voluntarily. So I think one thing that, you know, um, Alejandro had was, was – um, he had, he didn't think about what we're going to get from helping. Someone. No, he really was a servant. Yeah. He really was a servant. He liked, he, he liked to, to, to serve and give and protect and like to, you know, uh, yeah, he was, he was, he was there for the homeless, the needy, the, the, the anyone who needed any type of help. He, he, he was there for them. Yeah, I, I myself too. I, I had some yard work that I had to do. My garage needed to be also painted and fixed. And I was doing it myself. And he's like, I'll help you. I'll help you. And he came and he gave of, of, of himself and he just was working the yard. And um, yeah, the, he just, he was a servant. He was a tr truly a servant. Yeah. And I 100% I believe that music was his best gift one of his best gifts because it that, right what were you gonna yeah, say yeah that, that's that's like ah that's what you think about you're like wow such talent 
such he was gifted he was gifted yeah he was gifted definitely i mean music music came out of his fingers he was just gifted yeah. I don't have any other way to describe it. I, I've never been in I've been I was born in music. I was born in music. My father's a musician. I was born in, in music. I danced in a, a band since I was like four or five years old. Um and sang in a band and, and and I know a lot of musicians. I knew a lot I met a lot of musicians. He was gifted. Yeah. He was gifted. Hands down. I, I always say this. I don't know if you, you agree with this, Maribel, but this is a, a theory I came up with. You ready for this? So in the in the Bible, in the Torah, it talks about the Levites, right? That they were the ones who play in the temple, like music. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I honestly believe, this is what my personal belief, I think anybody who can sing or play an instrument has the blood of the Levites in the old days. Because those are gifts like that just, they're hard to come by. Mm-hmm. You know, not anybody could sing and be like, you know, right. you know, I'm still trying to work my vocal cords and it just ain't coming out right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just, I be, I be I, trying. Yeah, I, I, I share that sentiment as well. Yeah, Levi's, yeah. Mm-hmm. For so sure. You, you gifted, girl. That's it. That's why I was sweating too when I when I saw you and everybody. I was like, they go all sing at the same time. That's amazing. I was like, man, they really got talent. You know what I'm saying? They, they really got that. <laughs> Oh man, no, for real. I'm I'm really here. I'm happy that you could share that. I want to share another story. I want to share with you. So, I lost my grandma, and a uh, long time ago, like maybe uh, I think like eight or ten years ago, she was a very, very uh, powerful woman, a leader. Uh, this woman would actually cook for kids that couldn't afford clothes that. Uh, families that couldn't have food or bread. She would literally, she had like a little restaurant, but her extra time, she would feed a whole like village. Uh-huh. And my grandma didn't have no back pain. She never used a cane. She died like 92, two, two years old. Wow. Very strong, very funny personality. And I think because she she did that, all these things, I feel like, it makes me to do better and appreciate life. You know, that's what I took. I was like, man, grandma, you did a lot, all all these things. And I'm even shocked. I've never seen her mad. Uh, I remember one time she came over from Wate. She came from Guatemala to Chicago and my mom was about to beat my butt. So (laughs) I I had my grandma say, grandma, (laughs) protect me. And my grandma, she literally did protect me. She spanked my mom, but like a like a nice, playful spank. And I was like, damn, grandma, I know you have my back. You know what I'm saying? That's what's up. I need that because, yeah, I didn't have protection that day. So I, I love that. And, and, like, little stuff like that, I feel like it's beautiful when you hold on to those memories. Now, here's the crazy part. I'm going to shock you right here. So my... I talked about this very briefly on my last podcast, like maybe six or five months ago, where I lost my best friend during the pandemic, which is a time where everybody uh, lost somebody, right? But here's the crazy thing. We were both going to get married together. I told him, brother, we're going to get married together. I want you to be at my wedding. And the crazy thing, when I moved to Vegas, you know, he will still call me every day. And one day, I go to work, and I get a text from one of my good, good friends back in Chicago. And she's best friends with my, 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 my best friend that, that passed away. Just seeing her text, I, I could tell he passed away. And I was like, I don't want to open the text. I open the text, and she tells me, um, I'm sorry to tell you, bye, but he passed away. At this time, you're not going to believe this. I woke up that day, that morning. Some reason I woke up three or no, four in the morning. And tell me why in Chicago, that's the time he passed away. Wow. And people are saying like I, I was, you know, trying to get help mentally and emotionally. They all said he was trying to say goodbye to you 
Uh, right. I told my boss what happened. He let me go home, you know, take the day off. I cried so much, Maribel. I've never cried so much like this because he became like a son to me. Like he, um, for those who don't know, he had a stroke. He, um, none of his family wanted to visit him. I was the only uh -huh. one that dressed him up and like took him to his doctor appointments and, you know, make sure he was doing, get things done for him. And, um, every time he got in trouble, they called me <laughs> at the nursing home. They're like, Hey, he ran away. <laughs> uh, go find him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, where'd he go? And I, I remember that. And I honestly, I, I really felt like he was like my son, like in a different lifetime. I was, I was, I was his dad. He was my son. And he looked up to me. I looked up to him, you know, in different ways. And man, it, it's so true. Maribel. I was crying so much. Like even in the shower, I never thought I could ever cry in the shower. I cried in the shower. I thought maybe the water just got hotter, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> But I start crying. I was like, dang, these tears don't stop. And it's like every little thing that was a good memory, like it just a tear fell. And I had one of the one of the big uh he was like a school teacher in the Jewish community because he was a, a Jewish rabbi, my best friend. He said, David, do you wanna um we all decided we want you to write a letter? about all the memories you have in one like piece of paper and we can share it to the news week of the Jewish news, like newspaper that we pass on and we can share that. So people can actually know how was he as a person. And I thought that was a beautiful thing. It was, it was hard for me to write it, but I was like, you know what, this is a, a good chance to show people who he was. And, um, but yeah, I agree with you, Maribel. Sometimes you can't see. I don't understand when people say, I, and I'm not trying to talk bad about people, but some people say that you shouldn't cry, that you shouldn't, you shouldn't give in so much, that you should laugh. I, you can't. I'm sorry. You, if you want me to be real, like you're real with me, I'm going to be real to the fans too. You can't. You have to express yourself. You have to let it out. You have to go through it. It's part of life. I think that when times like this happens, it brings people more closer. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It can. I mean, it it can look both ways. It could it could bring people closer. And sometimes it can divide. Sometimes it can divide people. Uh so because some because remember not everyone knows how to deal with pain. I've seen families destroy when someone dies. And I've seen people get closer when someone dies. Um, and I think um, one of the reasons why a family may not get closer is because they don't know how to deal with the pain. That's why I believe that everyone needs that grieving time and allow themselves to grieve. Um, and, and if you need professional help, then you need professional help. You need to go see a counselor. You need to speak to somebody, a rabbi, a pastor, a spiritual leader, a confidant. But I think it's important to process that pain because if not, then it's going to be hard to have healthy relationships. It could be hard to have healthy relationships among your circle, whether it is family members or whether it's friends or even to relate with individuals in the world because sometimes you feel like your trust has been shattered too because um, now you're like, well, I'm not going to get close to nobody because what if I lose another person? I don't want to hurt like that again. I don't want to, you know? Yeah. And that's not healthy. That's not healthy at all. Yeah. Um, that's why we have to breathe. We have to process through that pain, um, find some healing. And so that then, you know, the journey to recovery is less painful. Is, is a good one. That's true. That's true. Now, Maribel, I'm going to, uh, this is something that I, I have to bring up. I have to. Da, 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 da. Um, I heard you came out with another book. That's one of my fans. Uh, they, they've been hearing, I've been getting a lot of text messages like, Oh, Sam, this is real. real. <laughs> so I want to ask you, uh, tell us a little bit about that book. I see you got it right there in the background. <laughs> it's, 
words right here. God is not mad at you. In fact, he loves you. It's my book. And this book, um, wow, years in the making. I, I laugh because I look at it and it's not that big. It's about 130 pages, like 130 pages. It's not that. It's not that big. You can read this in one sitting. Or in, I have people email me and say, I read your book in two days. Um, but wow, it took me forever <laughs> to write this book. And I tell you why it took me forever. And people are writing it. I, I read it in two days. Um, it took me forever because it's my, it's, I call it my life's testimony. Um, it has to do with um, my personal testimony with a miracle, a miracle God did in my life. And so, um, you know, it was time to share it. It's part of my healing process. It was part of my healing journey. And so I talk a little bit about uh, my life, what I went through as a child, the first 11 years of my life, and then a little bit about my adulthood and who I am today and how I've overcome a lot of, you know, hurdles in life and barriers. And and, and I, I want to share it with people so, first of all, they know there's hope, um, there's healing, and um, there is life uh, after trauma in your life. So that's why, um, yeah, it's on Amazon. It's on, it's on hardcover and um, ebook, hardcover, and uh, paperback as well. One of the things that you're going to find in this, in this book is a letter of forgiveness that I wrote to myself. And I encourage everyone um, to do that. I encourage everyone to write a letter of forgiveness to themselves. Um, we often blame ourselves for things that happen in our lives, either inflicted um, by others or our own self. Because then we start blaming ourselves. Why didn't we do something about it, right? And so I have a forgive, I have a letter of forgiveness. And then I also have in the back, I also have reflection questions. So you get an opportunity to to reflect on on these questions. I have affirmations, some affirmations. Yeah. So I encourage you to read it. You be prepared to be inspired. There is a responsibility that comes from reading somebody else's life, somebody share their life with you. So um, prepare for that because you might read some hard things in here. Um, and you, David, personally, that you did not know or didn't even, or didn't know about me, um, my childhood and um, the things that I went through and what God did in my life. So that's why it's titled, God's not mad at you. In fact, he loves you. Wow. It's beautiful. I love the title. It's already catchy. <laughs> Read it now because I thought God was mad at me today, but I guess you know what I'm saying. Like no, for real. Like today, I was driving and I got, I got a little sad. I mean, not sad. I got a little frustrated with God a little bit. And it happens with everybody. Anybody that, yeah. who has a spiritual relationship with God, I I noticed that one of my my coworkers uh, got a job. I got a new job, and they're about to quit. I've been applying for jobs since uh, like last year, like a lot. Cause here's the thing, like my job where I'm at, I think is great, but I, I found out that my purpose is not to work there no more. It was there to help me get the apartment, but it wasn't my job to be there forever. If that makes sense. Cause I have so much talents. Like I, I have so many things that God gave me that I want to use it. Like I love teaching. It's one of my biggest things. I love teaching, whether it's bachata, martial arts, or acting, whatever. I, I just have a lot right there. I I love, um, you know, the podcast. This is something I'm using to reach out to young people. You know, this is another talent I have. And I, there's just so many things. And I was driving my car, and I was like, man, God. I was like, and this is the time, like, I'm being real with you and, and to everybody. I was like, man, God, why you, why? Did this person get the job? Like a job. Like I was just thinking a job. That was even better. And I was like, why didn't I get one too? You know what I'm saying? And I was I, I was a little frustrated. I was like, man, come on. God, you know I'm I'm supposed to do better. I need to expand 
my empire. I need to to get myself out there. And then I realized during my car ride, I was like, man, God, you know what? I shouldn't be saying these things because everyone is in a different chapter of their life. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And I, then I felt bad. I felt guilt. I was like, all right, God. And I also want to apologize for what I said. I was already judging you. And I can't judge you because you're the king of judges. So I ain't trying to mess up your title. You know what I'm saying? So I, I felt bad. But I had a, that was one of the most authentic prayers I ever had with, with God. And I feel like, Amen. right? Thank you. Amen. Thank you. That's, that's real. And that's, that's real. I think that's necessary. I think, I think, uh, yeah, God deserves all the reverence in the world, but I think more than a reverend, he wants a relationship with us, you know, that we can talk to him as if he was here in front of us. Um, after all, he's our creator. After all, he, he knows what makes you tick. He knows how he made you. I mean, and, 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 and in relation to that story, I want to validate your feelings. And at the same time, say to you, you know, when, when, when one door opens, it's because the better one's going to, I mean, when one door closes, because the better one is going to open. It sounds cliche, but I give thanks to God for the many doors that he allowed to be closed because they were not going to be good for me. You following me? Yeah. He knows he can see ahead. You and I can't. And so, uh, yeah, it's easy to get mad because, oh, why didn't I get it? Why didn't I? And then the other thing is that the dealing with each of us is different. Yeah. There, there's a purpose. Jeremiah 29, 11, there's a purpose and a plan for all of us. And it's not for harm, meaning that if we learn to wait on the Lord, Lord learn to trust, learn to honor him, because you're saying that I want to honor you with the talents that you have given me, Lord. Okay, then now trust that he's got it that he has a way, that he will make a way, and you are going to fulfill what the Lord put in your hand to fulfill. Philippians 1, 6, whatever he started you, he will complete it. But we get desperate, right? Oh, yeah, we, we do. Want, <laughs> we, we want it today. I want it now. And then we want what we want. Yeah. And if you want to work alongside God, then you can't, just, you can't want, want what you want all the time. Yeah. You have to learn to trust, let go, and, and allow God to also pave the way because he knows best, because he knows ahead. We don't. Yeah. So I was like, you, I, I, I thought God was mad at me too for a lot of reasons. I didn't want to go to church because, <laughs> you know, because church people hurt church. I, hurt, I mean, church people hurt people, you know? But guess what? He said to me, Mirabel, church people, church deserves forgiveness too, you know? Um, Church people are people. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to do things they're not supposed to because they're not perfect. They are not God, right? Um, I was getting mad at the wrong person. I'm over here getting mad at God when it was so-and-so who hurt me, so-and-so who did this. So, so I was like, well, I'm not going to church. And then I, was, and then I thought I felt guilty because I'm like, uh-oh, now God's mad at me because I'm not going to church. And I could hear God loud and clear, oh, it's Maribel. I'm not mad at you, sweetie. I love you. You're my daughter. Just behave for once. <laughs> Stop being a rebel. <laughs> right, right. No, for real. <laughs> oh, man. No, it's true. It's true. I, I feel like a lot of people, they they get stuck sometimes. And they feel alone, which is very normal for everyone, you know. And I feel like the best times, like... I. And I'm gonna be honest with you, Maribel. There was one time, girl, that um, I, I had a really, really bad day, and it was so bad. It was the, one of the worst days I could ever remember. It happened actually this year. It's sad to say, but it was so bad. I was terrified. I was like, man, so many things happening at the same day and the same hour. I was just freaking out. I was like, man, this is horrible. My life is over. And I was just like, man. <laughs> so I was so bad. And I was like, I was frustrated. I couldn't talk to nobody. I said, nobody understands me. You know, when, when you're mad like a little boy, man, nobody understands me. I'm stuck. So, so I was like, man, I got to pray. I try everything that I can from my knowledge, from my sources, didn't work. The only last thing I could do was pray. And I was like, let me pray. And so I prayed. I went to the room. 
close the door and make sure nobody see me because I know you get people, you know, spying on me with the binoculars. I had to make sure I was, you know, doing it right. So I get there and I was like, you know what? God, I forgot. I'm going to leave it to you. You. And I, and there's a quote, you know how there's that quote? And then, I don't know if it's a verse, you probably know this, but it said like, God will never put you, there's not a problem that you can't handle, right? There's something like that. I, I don't something know. Like that. Something like that, right? <laughs> and I was I like. I think that also came out of the fact that with the temptation, God gave us the, 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 the solution. Yeah. And so we are equipped. There's nothing you can do that God already did not equip you to do. And that's where that saying comes from. Right, right. Thank you. Thank you. I like that. Ding. And so, so I was like, you know what? God, I'm gonna leave it to you. I feel like you can, you're gonna help me come overcome it. Believe it or not. And I always say this when you have a bad day, the next day always gets a little better. That week turned from being so negative down became the best week for me believe it or not and i i needed that sometimes you know it's interesting i i always tell people be careful what you pray for yes because if you pray for patience god will test your patience you know what I'm saying? Yes. i definitely believe that i definitely believe that and i was like and I, give me all the patience i need you know i want to be a very patient person are you ready brother here we go Bloop. and then yes. you're like, oh. my husband says don't pray for patience <laughs> For grace. Oh, oh, that's deep. I like that. I like that. I'm gonna start using that. <laughs> because he says if you pay for patience, prepare for the trials and tribulations that are 